0: I'm your moderator Chris Paul Let's be reasonable I need to convince my friends and family Of something that isn't true Find me a celebrity Oh, there's no celebrities out on the range Bring me my Jimmy Kimmel pull string toy It's high noon For Monday, September 21st 2020, and oh, what a weekend we had. I'm not talking about in real life, because of course, most of us don't get to have weekends anymore. Every day is the same. Just a never ending pit of political controversy sparked this weekend by the Not at all sudden death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I I, I was like, wait, I can't say this in a happy, excited voice. So I had to change tone. And I hope you all appreciated that my change in tone was uh, a very conscious act so that I could treat Ruth Bader Ginsburg with the proper respect that she deserves. She has had a long and storied career. Uh, I don't agree with the way she viewed the court. So, I don't need to go down that road very far. Um, I am as sorry that she is dead as I am that anyone is dead. All sorts of people died yesterday, or I mean Friday and yesterday and Saturday in the middle, too. Um, I don't know. I I'm pretty sure I haven't talked about um famous deaths on this podcast before, but I am not one to care about those. And you might have guessed that, but I don't post pictures of dead celebrities when they die, musicians, athletes, whatever. If I had a personal connection to someone, I probably wouldn't post that either because I find it distasteful. Like if one of my friends dies and thank goodness, thank goodness none have in the age of social media. I don't think like not any of my close friends. Um, I don't know how I would treat it. I don't know. Maybe I would do some kind of uh, a post so that people can relate to my feelings about that person in case they knew that person too. Maybe that's a productive way of healing. Um, But like David Bowie, I love his music. Didn't post about him dying. Why don't know him. His music didn't go anywhere. I'm sad. He's not in the world anymore. I think he's a fabulous artist, but people die. And apparently we only care about it when it's a celebrity or it's from COVID. So, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed. She was holding on for a very long time in poor health. Um, I don't ever like to see that for people because I imagine they must be suffering. Um, I know that she wanted to try to make it through Trump's term in hopes that a Democrat would get to replace her. In fact, one of the questionable um, things about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's motives in not retiring under Obama was that she thought it would be great for the first woman president to choose her replacement. Of course, that didn't work out so well because nobody likes Hillary Clinton. And she also had said under Obama, well, who do you think could replace me that you would want there more than me? And I mean, it's kind of arrogant, I guess. Um, Maybe it's justified. Maybe she's just saying, like, why are you trying to push me out? Like, I do a good job here. I do what you want me to do, too. Like, who would you rather have here than me? So I'm not knocking her for it, but it's not like these things weren't considered by her. And so if the balance of the court was the primary concern, there were alternate routes that she could have uh, gone down. Regardless, it is what it is. The situation is the situation. And so we move on to what happens now. And what happens now is Trump will nominate a woman for the position, likely Amy Coney Barrett or Barbara Lagoa. And the Senate will then vote to confirm them. And that is exactly the process as described in the Constitution. The president nominates someone. It goes to the Senate. To advise and consent, which means that in the judiciary uh, committee, they can hold hearings and question the nominee, and then they vote it out of committee, and the Senate takes it up for a vote. Now, it used to be a more uh, a higher standard. They used to have the Senate filibuster um, for closure, so that they could take an up or down vote on the nominee, and Harry Reid eliminated that. And in 2016, this is after Harry Reid had already blown up the filibuster for judicial appointments, McConnell decided not to hold a vote on Obama's nominee. And people now think that it is the role and responsibility of Mitch McConnell to refuse to hold a vote now to give the Democrats a chance at choosing the judge instead. That is crazy. See, to, and, and And the funny thing to me was that that some people came to me, they wrote to me on Friday night after all this happened, and they were like, well, you know, I assume that you're going to call out this hypocrisy, right? And I'm like, why do you assume that? Like for me to call something out, I actually have to agree with you. I'm not here to like play both sides. Like I'm fucking pretending like Chris Cuomo, you know, or Don Lemon. Hey, or how Fox news has always been. We're fair and balanced. Well, no, you're not. The difference is I'm not lying to you about that. I'm going to say and do what I think is right. I don't get pigeonholed into a position because Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham said some stuff a few years ago that they shouldn't have said, they were being hypocritical then. Okay. They're not being hypocritical now. I mean, I guess you could say they are going back and forth, but the original position here is that this is how it works. It doesn't matter that they gave bullshit explanations about how it was an election year, but even that makes more sense in that scenario because the Senate was put there specifically to not allow Barack Obama to get more things he wants. Barack Obama could have been a better president. Barack Obama could have served the people better, but he didn't. And Republicans swept into office across the country. It's pretty common knowledge. That Obama cost Democrats a thousand different legislative seats around the country, all over the country because of his uh, his government overreach and also because of the way the culture was changing. And you can say whatever you want about that. I'm sure that everybody crying about Ruth Bader Ginsburg this week is very very consistent and very concerned about the culture that the country is creating, not realizing that they're the ones who are constantly creating the culture that everybody hates. And we will get back to that, but it is absolutely the president's prerogative as outlined by the constitution to nominate a justice to fill Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat. And that is what he is going to do because just like the Democrats would do in his position, he's going to nominate somebody. Barack Obama nominated somebody knowing that it likely wouldn't get the vote. It's not like there's no conversations about this stuff beforehand. So Barack Obama already did the thing that Donald Trump did. So that's a wash, right? Um, You can't fault Trump for nominating somebody. That's exactly his job. It's what he's supposed to do. Especially in an election that Democrats keep saying is going to be contested and that they are going to question the validity of it and that Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton said this, Joe Biden should not concede. In any scenario, is it surprising to you that the Democrats don't want to see a new justice on the Supreme Court? Now, why would that be? There's no way to answer that question without understanding that it is them who created this situation and it is them who have constantly talked about invalidating the election. It is not Donald Trump. Donald Trump has said the only way they will win this election is if they cheat. Now, the funny thing is that phrase is presented as if it's calling the election into question. It is not. Donald Trump is fully confident that he will win this election based on the rules that govern every election in the past. And he's right. And if he's right then saying that the only way the Democrats will win is if they cheat while they are saying that they are prepared to cheat is not a lie. It's not overboard. And it doesn't call into question the integrity of the process. Okay. The Democrats are all about mail-in voting for five months. They don't get the universal mail-in voting because of course they don't because they were trying to cheat and Trump called them out like that. And there's no uprising in the country. People believe Trump because he's right. There is ample evidence of mail-in voter fraud. There is ample current evidence of people being disenfranchised. Thousands of ballots are already being rejected in North Carolina. You can look it up. Do those thousands of people's votes matter? Yes, they do. Where are those votes coming from? Who knows? Who knows? Are they coming from people who really did intend to vote? Are they coming from fraudulent sources? Are they simply mistakes? And then how stringent are they being about the mistakes? How much attention is being paid to whether or not there is bias in the review of those ballots, Or in the case of Nevada, no review whatsoever. The signatures are not even going to be checked. So there's that. They constantly talk about ending the electoral college, which is fucking insane. I mean, what in the world have Democrats come to? They don't care about any part of the Constitution, and they continue to create these Complete non sequitur narratives about how things should really be like the national popular vote. There is no national popular vote, guys. There just isn't. It doesn't matter. Okay. Someone on Twitter actually tried to say today that the Senate national popular vote was somehow supposed to matter. That's not even a fucking thing. Like the number of people who vote for voted for senators also has extreme leads in large population states. whoop de doo To think that the Electoral College is not important and that popular vote across the nation should do any of this is to totally understand the point of the uh, totally misunderstand the point of the Electoral College. And the point of the country. The system is designed for stability. It's not designed to react to every whim that progressives have. And the fact is that people don't want progressive policies. If they did, they would vote for them. And the other problem is that Democrats can only operate this way in certain states because they have abandoned half of the country's voters. The Republicans have not. The Republicans want all voters. And they want to maintain conservative principles, which, by the way, is definitionally what the Supreme Court is for, okay? They interpret the legality of laws in reference to the Constitution, okay? And so the Constitution is hundreds of years old. The Constitution is, is it has to be basically the most conservative thing in the country. Okay? And so the Supreme Court Justice's job is to see whether or not the laws that are being passed are in compliance with that Constitution. There is no role, there is no proper role for the Ruth Bader Ginsburgs of the world on the Supreme Court. Okay? She is an activist. Activists should not be interpreting the Constitution. as it is meant to be interpreted. That is the legislature's job. And the fact that the Democrats have decided that the Supreme Court is now their legislative workaround because they can't win elections across the country is only more proof of their dishonesty and incompetence. The Supreme Court is not there. To support your view on human rights, the Supreme Court is there to support the Constitution. People keep electing progressive representatives like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, even though they represent virtually no one. And then they wonder what the problem is. Oh, well, we just need to pass. We just need to elect more progressives and do more progressive things. So that the progressive agenda can be enacted. No. What you need to do is appeal to actual constituencies. And I'm writing this for a piece right now. I know this thing is taking too long and I've talked about it too many times. I will hopefully be finished with it this week. But the premise is the Democrats seem to be are trying to form a coalition based on Capturing the entirety of certain ideological identity groups, racial and ethnic minorities, uh, non-heterosexual humans, women, Islam and anti-Zionists, which I'm not even sure how that really fits in or has a large constituency, and... So they keep breaking off these little segments of people. And one of them, of course, is uh, people who perceive themselves to be intellectual elites in a position where their public image matters or the kind of person that believes their public image is how to advance in life. Okay, And so those groups come together. Right. And the Democrats believe that that is their base, that that is their coalition, that that will win them elections. And they believe and say in public that they will continue to win elections in perpetuity because of how the demographics of the country are changing. So they believe that the, the Hispanic vote is certainly theirs for the taking and that that is how they will win elections into the future. Now, this gets said on CNN panels all the time by woke people. This gets argued by progressives. This gets argued by Hollywood actresses. They believe this, okay? Okay. That is because they are racist. Understand that it is because they are racist that they believe that people's skin color is a bigger indicator of how they will vote than their beliefs are. Either that or they are well aware that they can manipulate elections in large blue states and create these huge gaps in popular vote that they can then wield as a cudgel to the rest of the country to say that for some reason, California's policies should be implemented in Iowa. They should not. California's policies should not be implemented in California. but they keep representing these smaller and smaller constituencies that they need to divide more and more and more. And this is always according to their inter intersectional tree of life, right? They put white men at the bottom and then try to pick off every other single group in its entirety by telling that group that their problem is white men and that the other party is the party of white men. That also Is completely racist. And I'll save the full argument for it for the for the podcast when that comes out. But this is a terrible, incompetent strategy by which to win elections by anything but the national popular vote, which again is not how it works. And they're going to make the argument that it should be how it works because they are not competent or able to win elections in other places because they represent the views of almost no one. That is why it is impossible to have a conversation with a liberal and not hear at some point or many points. Oh, well, you know, I don't agree with that. And I'm not saying anybody has to be ideological ideologically consistent and in line with everything their party believes. Of course, I wouldn't say that. But there should be one person in the world who believes all of those things. There should be many people in the world who believe all of those things. But there aren't. There is no one in the world, in the country, I guess is what really matters, but in the country who believes all of the things that Democrats support. There are many people in the country who vote Democrat and tell everybody else to who agree with very few things the Democrats support. And of course, there's no other way for it to be because the things that they support are in direct conflict to each other. So it is actually logically incoherent to support their entire platform. And of course, that's why people don't. And so what you have more and more often now, as the party drifts further and further to its extreme, is a bunch of people who don't really support anything the party is trying to do, but they do support the party because they believe it's morally right to do so for their self-image. And that is the entire problem. And so to reroute, I want to go back to um, the, the claims of hypocr- hypocrisy here, right? So the Democrats say all the things in 2016 that the Republican Party is now saying, that the president should nominate someone. Of course, the Republicans now have the absolute legitimate material advantage of having Senate power to do Senate things, Okay. The Democrats thought they were going to win the Senate in 2018 in the midterms. They didn't. In 2014, the country put nine new Republican senators in in place of Democrats. That's the shift. So what indicates to you that the will of the country is not being done right now? aside from the fact that your will is not being done and the media and other old guard institutions have told you that your point of view actually does represent the will of most people. But it doesn't, okay? And it doesn't for the reason that I just described. There is no group of people that the Democrats are fully serving. And that is why they don't get anything done. And this has to matter. Okay. The only thing that gives government its legitimacy is the constitution. That's how it works. You don't get to claim that president Trump is illegitimate Because he didn't win the electoral college or because he didn't win the popular vote. He won the electoral college. That's how the rules are. That's the game that's being played. It's like, if you're down five points in the last second of an NBA game and the Lakers are like, well, you know, LA wants us to win. And, and the, the chargers and the Rams are LA teams. So maybe we can score a touchdown. That's not the game. It doesn't even make sense. It is only a whining complaint because Democrats are throwing a tantrum for not getting their way. All right. Like it is nothing else besides that. This is so straightforward. And I'm amazed that smart people are trying to make this argument to me as if Mitch McConnell has some like, uh, spiritual responsibility not to do this. Even if he did, the duty of his position would dictate that he has to, because he has voters that he represents that want what he wants. Sell this shit show to someone else. Okay. This isn't about fairness. There is no fairness. There is the constitution. There are the rules. You follow them. Period. McConnell didn't break any rules in 2016. He didn't break any norms in 2016. Harry Reid did that. McConnell responded appropriately. He told Harry Reid at the time in 2013 that he would see the day that he would regret that. Well, those days have come. And of course, it's always been Democrats who challenge the legitimacy of the court and the legitimacy of the president's nominees when they are from the opposite party. Joe Biden did this famously, was the first. They did this to Clarence Thomas. And I know that we believe all women. Unfortunately, there was no proof that he did anything. And the country didn't believe Anita Hill at the time. They destroyed, destroyed Judge Kavanaugh's life on purpose with no proof. There is no proof. It doesn't matter if you still think Judge Kavanaugh is a bad, uh, a bad guy. It doesn't matter if you participated in me tooing the guy. None of that lends any credence or legitimacy to what happened. Your upset about the state of the world does not make Brett Kavanaugh a sexual predator. The idea that these people will destroy someone's life and family and reputation and make them a permanent threat of violence wherever they go on the receiving end, obviously. This is what they will do for power, and they have the audacity to talk about norms. They're talking about, in this election cycle, serious people on that side. They're not actually serious people, but they are the the people that that side takes seriously and gets their cues from. The Voxes of the world, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the terrible politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, these serious people have talked for the entire year about eliminating the Electoral College, about granting D.C., Washington, D.C., a city a city, the most corrupt city on the planet, probably. They're going to give them a state so that they can have two senators. What the fuck sense does that make? And Puerto Rico, fine, I'm more willing to have a conversation about Puerto Rico becoming a state. But not Washington, D.C. That's madness. But they're doing that not because they believe in the just cause of D.C. and Puerto Rican statehood. They're doing it so that they can get free senators. Their corruption is out there on display. And the only reason that they can do it (laughs) so openly is because the old guard institutions will lend them support in their cause. Okay, it's not because anybody can argue that this shit is morally right. It's crazy, but that's not all. They talk openly about packing the court so that no matter what the country chooses and no matter the constitutional process, they get their way no matter what, because it's so important to communities. That's what they say and do national popular vote, get rid of the electoral college give Puerto Rico and D.C. statehood, pack the court, destroy people, destroy people. And then the most amazing one is that they're threatening to impeach Bill Barr so that the Senate can be held up from confirming Trump's nominee And they're talking about impeaching Trump again, supposedly on this new latest fake whistleblower complaint that Adam Schiff has. And they're saying nothing is off the table. Nothing is off the table. Really? Because Ruth Bader Ginsburg died at the wrong time for your political goals. Nothing is off the table. That's where we are. And Alexandria Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, for some reason, was invited to speak at the Senate next to Chuck Schumer. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is not a senator. It doesn't matter to the Senate what her opinion is about Supreme Court justices. So that is already really, really ridiculous to see. But while she was there, she said nothing is off the table. I'm going to play a little second of this for you. It's actually 31 seconds. This is one of the most important times that we have had for everyday people to stand up, not just from everyday working people, but all the way up to the House and the Senate. We all need to be more courageous, and we all must... We must act in unprecedented ways to make sure that that our rights are stabilized. And to Mitch McConnell, we need to tell him that he is playing with fire. So there we go. There's a few parts of that. First, she names who needs to stand up. Everyone from the working people. Well, they're not working right now because you dummies cost everyone their jobs all the way up to the House and Senate. So what she means is that the House and Senators will do it and that she's co-opting the moral value of the quote-unquote working people, which is the socialist communist playbook. This is what they do. And I'm not saying playbook like this is all manipulated. I'm saying this is literally the argument that they always make. They will not tell you what their personal preferences are. They will tell you what everyone else needs And that, and then they expect you to vote in everyone's best interest. So they define everyone else's best interest while not saying what their own is. They will not speak to principles. They will speak to the principles of collective good for other people. That is obviously always a deception. Okay. This is not how real life works for normal people. And you wouldn't handle other situations this way. Oh, well, what kind of car am I going to buy? Huh? Let me think. You know what? I should, I should poll people in vulnerable communities. I'm going to drive down to a vulnerable community, get out of my car that I have now and start asking people which car I should buy. I'll see if they care. And you know what? I'm going to listen to whatever they say. Because just like I want to know what they really want, and I'm going to assume what they really want, they're going to assume what I really want. And so then, you know, we don't have to make a decision at all, but I just want to be sure that I'm put in the position of power to make that decision for myself by taking into consideration what everyone else wants. And they're going to do that by guessing what I want. Perfect. Does that sound like a uh, good way to make decisions? Does it sound like I have the ability to tell the truth about my own motivations? These people are liars and frauds. Socialism and communism are the most intellectually corrupt systems the earth has ever encountered. We don't need more of them. We need zero of them. Okay. And so then she says we need to act in unprecedented ways. Oh, well, you've already been doing that. And you threaten to do it all the time. So which more unprecedented things are you going to tell us that we should do? Riot? That's already happened for four months. Mitch McConnell is playing with fire. We need to stand up and fight and show Mitch McConnell he's playing with fire. We need to act in unprecedented ways. Please explain. Please explain. And then somebody please explain to me. How Donald Trump says something, quote unquote, dangerous and threatening to democracy every two fucking days and they go ape shit over it. But AOC can say we need to act in unprecedented ways to stand up and fight and show the Senate majority leader that exercising his constitutional role and duty means he's playing with fire. You people have lost your fucking minds and to whatever extent normal people who imagine themselves on the left are complicit with any of this. You are complicit with all of it. All right, because no one on that side is standing up and saying, no, this isn't right. And there is no equivalents on the Republican side. Oh, Trump never denounces white nationalists. Oh no, he does. He does it all the time. And so does the rest of the party. There is literally no one that you can point to in that party who is amenable to the needs of white nationalists. I can point to endless examples in the Democratic Party of people who are amenable to communists and socialists and racists who are operating under the guise of anti-racism. There is no end to the examples. There is also an extraordinarily finite group of Democrats who have said anything in opposition to Black Lives Matter or Antifa or the behaviors like this. Kamala Harris was the most primarily responsible person for the ruining of Judge Kavanaugh's life and reputation. You can watch her question him in Senate hearings and see the entire time that she is lying. Kamala Harris is an atrocious person. And it is obvious when you watch her guys, all I'm asking you to do is use your normal mental faculties that you use in interactions with other people and apply them to these people. Okay. Look at them, watch them, see if they are saying what they believe all right? And I don't care about fact checks. That's not the purpose. I'm asking you to see whether or not you can tell by the person's body language, the tone of their voice, the way their eyes are, whether or not they are telling the truth as they see it, okay? Because you can fact check me to the moon. But if you doubt that I actually believe the things that I'm saying, I don't know how many people you're going to be able to convince about that. Like if there's nothing that I am on this show, I would think that the first thing is, is sincere. Nothing else I am. I should say, you can think I'm stupid. You can think I'm not funny. You can hate my voice or the cadence or the words I use. You can hate a million things about this show if you want But saying that I'm not sincere would be a stretch, and I don't think people would find that convincing. Is Kamala Harris sincere when she speaks? I submit to you that she is not, and you can watch any segment of video anywhere and see this because when she speaks authoritatively, it is an act. When she speaks with sympathy, it is an act all right? You can see it with your own eyes. I am asking you to use the skills that are inherent to human nature, the stuff that got us through the world before it was modernized. The parts of you that sense danger and deception, use them, figure out who is deceiving you. It's not who you think. These people are extreme. The ones who are not extreme allow for extreme behavior and they do not condemn it. Sorry, Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, you're too goddamn late. The time to say we shouldn't be rioting over a man dying of a fentanyl overdose, a man who has held a gun to a woman's pregnant belly so that she could be robbed and wouldn't cause a fuss. Months of rioting in response to that with no condemnation from any political power figure in the Democratic Party. It's not good enough. When has Black Lives Matter said that they are not associated with Antifa and that they would like the violence to stop so that it doesn't get in the way of their cause. Have they said that? No, they haven't. Where does their ideology depart from Antifa's? If you can't even condemn the violence, are we supposed to expect that you that they disagree with the Antifa positions on speech? Should we believe that they don't agree with uh, Antifa's anarchy and nihilism? And if you are a Democrat, you are complicit. If you are voting Democrat, you are complicit. There's nothing else to say. And if you want to say I'm complicit... In whatever bad thing Trump does, fine. I accept them all. I will condemn the things that I think he does wrong. But most of those things are him saying something stupid. That is not comparable to sitting idly by while the country and the Constitution are torn down to their roots and done so in public, openly, brazenly. So I have absolutely no problem with Mitch McConnell calling a vote on the Senate floor and the Republicans uh, confirming President Trump's nominee. And I hope it happens. I hope it fucking happens because the Constitution should be protected by people who respect it. And when there are six originalist judges on the Supreme Court for the next 20 or 30 years, that is one of the best goddamn things that could ever happen in the country. So not only do I accept it, not only do I think it's not hypocritical, I like it. I like it a lot. Go fuck yourself. Okay. That's the alpha and the omega. I've said it all. And. Beyond any of this discussion about hypocrisy or norms or whatever else, this should be recognized as a democratic tantrum. And that's what it is. They know that they cannot prevent this. So they are having a tantrum. This is childish and embarrassing, and you all should be embarrassed. The amazing thing about all this is that Democrats still believe that they are winning somehow or Democrat supporters do. There's no way the party does. And it is one thing for a pollster to call you and for you to declare yourself a likely voter and a Biden voter, okay? It is another thing to go out and vote. It is yet another thing to say that you are a likely voter and that you are voting for Trump. Because everyone, everyone in the world In the country, I should say, who says they're voting for Trump is voting for Trump. They're going to show up and they're going to vote. Some of the people who say that they're likely to vote and are voting for Joe Biden are lying. And some of them are telling the truth and really will go vote. And then there's a whole lot of them that are telling the truth and won't go vote. Because they have no enthusiasm. Because it is almost impossible to be enthusiastic about voting for a dead guy who can't think. And so these polls are crazy in many ways. It's also really, really funny when they're like, well, Biden's up by uh, Biden's up by eight in the national polling. Okay, well. You didn't cover everyone. Oh, it's you haven't met 49 to 41. What do the other 10% of people think? Are they all voting for Joe Jorgensen? Oh, they haven't made up their mind. Okay. So they're not telling you what they think. Oh, and all the polls only cover 90% of people. Yeah. No, no, no room for error at all in there. And I'm not saying the polling companies are trying to trick anybody. I'm saying it is what it is. And polling companies can't grasp the actual absolute truth of anything. And so do I expect that they're going to get it right on election day? No, I do not. There's virtually no chance that any of these states are going to perform as well as they think they will for Biden. That would be an interesting bet to me. Like to see if Joe Biden covers the spread anywhere. Maybe I'll have to look to see if that bet is real and then make one. But these polls will stay as they are for all these reasons, and they want them to stay as they are so that there is legitimacy to the argument that they will eventually make, or at least perceived legitimacy to the argument that they will eventually make, that Trump has done something wrong when he destroys them on election day. And he will apart from anything that you may think about Democrats' priorities versus Trump, the Democratic Party is a party of systemic failure and systemic racism and systemic abuse, but we don't have to get into those things. Just focusing on the systemic failure, okay? They constantly think for the same reason, and this is another thing I'm writing, they they trust their own intelligence so much that they believe they know what's best for everybody, and then they also believe that they're so smart that everybody believes what they believe and that what they believe is so good and right that everybody will come around to it. And they have gone on with this for a very long time. They have conducted their politics and their governance in extremely risky ways based on the idea that in the future, they will have so much power that those risks will never be exposed. And I don't know if you guys saw Nancy Pelosi yesterday, but it looked like she sort short-circuited, like someone had uh, put her batteries in, in the wrong direction or something. I mean, it is utterly insane. You guys have to watch the clip. Actually, you know what? I'm going to find the clip. I'm going to pause this. I'm going to come right back. I'm going to play it for you. It's going to be great. So here is Crazy Nancy. Uh, and You can do so as soon as possible. Ten states, as I said, on Friday, I started their early for voting the, the day that we lost but, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But to be clear, you're not taking any arrows out of your quiver. You're not ruling anything out. Good morning, Sunday morning. The, uh, the, the We have a responsibility. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. So. What? Watch it. Watch it. Please watch it. It's so crazy. Just uh, go on Twitter and look up uh, Pelosi. Good morning. It's so, so crazy. And. In the middle of that, you know, the thing that she said about their duty to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, she says that all the time as an answer to stuff she doesn't want to answer. And then she expects that whoever's hearing it will invent their own answer of what she's actually saying and be like, yep, she's right. Yeah, the Speaker of the House has to protect the Constitution that is madness, utter madness. And so I've been toying with this theory. And by the way, this is just an opinion of mine. I'm not saying that this is factual. I'm not saying that I can prove it. I'm saying that this is the sense I get. Okay. And it's this, um, all of this stuff is a systemic breakdown of a long, long plan that Democrats have been trying to enact for decades. Okay. And it was a bad bet from the start. And they have covered that bad bet over and over and over and over again with more spending, with more divisive rhetoric, all this stuff, okay? And so that thing's coming down, crashing at their feet. And every single strategy the Democrats have tried to figure out how to manipulate this election has failed them. Oh, this is another thing I wanted to mention talking about the mailboxes before. But this weekend, both AOC and Hillary Clinton tweeted that they are voting early and in person. Now, this is quite different from what they were encouraging just a month or so ago when everybody was freaking out about mailboxes, because then they were encouraging everybody to vote by mail. But now they're encouraging people to go vote in person early. Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? It's not because they changed positions on early voting, is it? No, they knew that mail-in voting was always bullshit. Now, if they don't have the Supreme Court to back them up, then that bullshit argument falls on deaf ears. And so now they want to make sure that people's votes do count and that they do show up in person and that they do show up early so that no one has the opportunity to actually vote against them in the next six weeks. As we learn more about how awful they are and as they continue to expose how awful they are. And I was going to go into this whole big thing about the Emmys. I think I'm going to save that for tomorrow, but I'll leave you with this. Watch the little, um, I think it's Anthony Anderson and Jimmy Kimmel, their little uh, segment that they did together, this jokey, like little dialogue that they were doing. It's embarrassing. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. It's awful to watch but Jimmy Kimmel was basically being uh joke shamed into say screaming black lives matter in a weird little room in front of a green screen. God, it's disturbing. It's so disturbing. And they are exposing how fucking crazy this whole project is. And I'm going to go so much more into that, but I want to get to writing and I don't want to make high noon an hour long. I don't even intend to make it 50 minutes long. So I'm sorry about the length. I've said that before. She's, giggled haha ha, now you get it yes made the joke landed it stuck it i think it's a 10 if you think it's less i don't care so uh guys if you haven't yet please listen to my interview that was posted on saturday with uh samira armstrong she uh has come out of the closet as a hollywood conservative and the backlash has been expected but she's also been getting support she's had a few appearances on fox which is great And, uh, I hope my whole community listens to her and checks out that interview. I think that we really break down a lot of the, the stuff that is holding Hollywood back. Um, and guys, it's time to start, uh, reaching a comfort zone about talking to other people about where you stand. Okay. And I've said for a long time that this stuff is coming. Over these next few weeks, you really need to try to find ways to build up the courage to be able to tell other people where you stand. All you are doing is supporting the American system and an American president that was duly elected. I am sorry that your friends don't like Donald Trump, but the truth is that they don't like you either. And they will reject if you if you think for a second that that person will reject and disown you as soon as you come out. That person has already rejected and disowned you, and they do not have the capacity for human goodness and real bonds. All right. The things that they do that are said to be good or that look good are fake. Their commitment to you is superficial. Good people do not act in either one of those ways, and you, therefore, do not have to be concerned about being rejected by bad people. You should want to be rejected by bad people. If it costs you business and money, that's a consideration to take into account. If you have children, especially otherwise grow some courage. I was going to say grow a set of balls, but I want to be inclusive. Garner some courage, create some courage, inspire yourself and understand that there is more for this life to offer you. And that the one way you will not be able to achieve the things in life that you really care about is to stab yourself in the back and your country in the back and everyone else in the back because you're too fucking weak to stand up for what you believe. Okay? I'll be back tomorrow. Same reasonable time. Same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network, but I would like one and you guys should help me get one. See ya. Uh, Sorry. I short-circuited like Nancy Pelosi right there. My inner intentions really came out. Um, Listen to more hopes fall. By the way, whoever asks this, uh, I have made it clear before, and I also kind of just wanted people to go look. But Hope's Fall is a band that I listen to almost every day because I am so in love with their music, and uh, I constantly discover new things about it. Um, they are kind of a heavy band, but really, what they are is is hard southern rock, and there is some hardcore streaming in there because they certainly emerged from the hardcore. Uh, scene and have a lot of relation to that scene. And I'm not saying that they're no longer part of it. I'm saying that their music is far more advanced than what you probably imagined that scene to be. Um, Jay Parrish, their singer is an incredible songwriter, uh, an incredible, uh, lyricist. I should say the guitar playing is unbelievable. The band is just a perfect, perfect band there. Uh, album arbiter from 2017 or 2018 is one of my favorite albums of all time i think it might be the second best album of the entire uh 2010 decade i think it may as well may also be the second best uh rock album of uh the uh, best album of that genre and behind uh both of those standards only to uh the band brand news album science fiction Um, but their album Magnetic North is also brilliant and uh, their album A-Types is very, very good as well and to be perfectly clear, I'm not as big a fan of the earlier stuff although I do like some of it but I actually like the middle and newer stuff better because they have let go of some of the hardcore elements which I think has made them a more uh, mature and accessible band and I love that And so that is the stance on hopes fall. But if you want my hopes fall playlist, I think you could actually just follow me on iTunes and I think it exists there, but otherwise just ask me and I'll give it to you. Um, so yes, back tomorrow, same reasonable time, same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to more hopes fall. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm your moderator. If you have feedback, you can email hey Moderator at I'mYourModerator.com or use the hashtag HeyModerator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles you can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there thank you so much for listening until next time i'm your moderator chris Paul be reasonable backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast